Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast with me, Sophia DeSantis, and I am so happy to have you here on episode 49, where we are going to chat with my guest, Faith, all about kind of getting back to the basics of what it means um, to be vegan, what it means to be plant-based, what it means to be vegetarian, and anything else kind of in between that we uh, chat about. Um, I'm going to have Faith introduce herself first. Faith, why don't you Tell everybody who you are, what you do, um, all that good stuff. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sophia. My name is Faith, and I guess you could say I am an expat that usually lives in Malaysia. We're currently stuck in America, but just a plant-based food blogger where my hobby kind of turned into a business over the years. That's awesome. And what um, keeps you moving around the world kind of like that? Oh, man. To be honest, we just love to travel. We love Asia. And so we have just found businesses that are flexible and can move with us. So we just really like to raise our kids overseas. We traveled a lot before we got married, my husband and I, and lived in China and Thailand and discovered Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur. It's just like this wonderfully developed, fun Asian country that we hope to stay in for a little while. So that's awesome. Good for yeah. you. Good for you. It's, I love that you are able to, you know, create a lifestyle that um, mm-hmm. allows for that because that's so great about um, not only eating well, but um, mental health is such a big part, I think, of wellness and um, eating well is just like one small piece of it. So being able to do things that make you happy is always awesome. Yes. Um, so let's get started with talking about, let's talk about kind of the basics first, and then maybe we can you know, diverge more into um, how you keep these eating patterns as you travel the world um, and uh, build off kind of, kind of there. And I know a lot of people always, and even me myself, when I first got into this um, different eating pattern of life, uh, due to my husband's health, I didn't really even quite know the differences between vegan, um, I knew vegan and vegetarian. I think most more, more and more people understand the difference between that, but vegan and plant-based especially and um, vegetarian and like all the types of vegetarians, it's so confusing, I think for a lot of people. Um, So why don't you kind of, you know, explain to everybody what the true differences are between those? Yeah. So I guess we could start with vegetarian. That's just basically a person that doesn't eat meat. So no red meat, chicken, fish, but they do consume some dairy or um, eggs. And then a vegan is a more strict vegetarian, so wouldn't consume any animal products, so no eggs, dairy, meat. And then often vegans also abstain just from using any animal products such as leather or honey. So those are kind of the main differences between vegan and vegetarian. Um, yeah, and then there's this whole plant-based um, label that is basically really similar, a little more flexible, I would say. I don't know what the official term is for plant-based, but I would call myself a plant-based eater, just someone that chooses 
to eat a mostly plant-based diet, but isn't black or white and maybe occasionally eats some animal products or enjoys honey. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have a more specific um, definition for plant-based, but. No, I think you're right. I think um, from what I have um, found it, it definitely is a little more flexible and that's kind of what we label ourselves are mostly plant-based eaters. Um, because like you said, with vegan, it's not just the vegan food that you consume, but somebody that identifies as vegan, it's more the whole lifestyle in general, you know, not yeah. using leather or wool or things like that, which um, it just, to me sounds, it, it it's interesting because I know so many people, especially online that like to kind of sit on their soapbox and say, you know, you know, strict vegan, this and that, but at the same time, how do we even know, you know, in our, in our world today, unless you're living in rural America and you can control everything you use and you don't use technology and, you know, a lot of modern things, like even like cars, computers, like at some point in the production line, you know, I, I can imagine that you can't really control or know yeah. what and what has not been used. Um, yeah, so that's so always kind of intrigued me. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I think when I first changed my diet, I called myself vegan because that just seemed like an easy way to explain that I didn't eat animal products as much as possible. But I realized I kind of had this, we moved to China not long after I switched my diet and I did it mostly for health reasons. Although I learned a lot about the um, animal agriculture and environmental aspects of a plant-based diet along the way. Um, I just realized, man, can I call myself vegan? Because when I go out to eat in China, like I didn't know the language at first, I would try my best to order tofu instead of meat, but I was almost assuredly eating like chicken broth in my noodle soups. And I remember feeling like, can I show people this soup? Like it might have chicken broth in it. Will they think I'm vegan? Will they think I'm cheating? And so I think about that a lot too. It's just, um, I guess why I've chosen to call myself plant-based just so that I can not feel so worried if I accidentally eat animal products. Cause I know it's really important to people that are ethically vegan. Um, yeah, but it's tricky. You can't know for sure every single morsel that goes into your mouth. Yeah, totally. Well, and that's interesting what you talked about, like the, you know, the, the judgment portion and that is, um, something that I have, you know, battled with, you know, starting in this business online, it, it feels very judgmental if you aren't doing the quote unquote right thing according to the person judging you. And mm -hmm. I say that because, you know, I feel like when it comes to right and wrong, it's really a personal opinion. There is no food police. There's nobody that, you know, is online fining people for not doing eating a certain way or representing themselves a certain way. I mean, yeah, like if you say you're a doctor and you're not, that's like one thing, but um, yeah. So that's, it's so interesting that you brought that up when it comes to vegan. Cause I feel like a lot of people um, that aren't in it for the ethical reasons, first and foremost, which if you are, you know, yay you, you know, that's totally your why and why you want to do it. But for those of us that are in it for the health, reasons, I think most people are starting to associate themselves more as um, plant-based. Yeah. Yeah. I would still 
it is really interesting just the judgmental aspect because I would probably say I'm vegan still I would use that label because it can just be easy and people can understand it but um yeah I'm not perfectly vegan so then that's why I've just been like oh I'll just say I'm plant-based and I also feel like plant-based seems less judgmental so I've really tried to build my brand and my blog around that just I published a book and it's called plant bias just to encourage people you don't have to be black or white you don't have to be completely vegan to improve your health help the environment even help animals just including more plants in your diet can make a big difference you don't have to be perfect and I feel like just changing that label a little bit really opens the door for more people to feel open to trying a plant-based diet Um, without the judgment or the fear of failure, if you're not perfect. Exactly. And that's kind of what my, you know, my brand is really focusing on um, and has shifted to focus on is, you know, acquiring more plants into your diet in an approachable way and not in a way that is surrounded by judgment. And it's, you know, it's hard because I don't, there are, I have friends that you know, I've met online throughout the years in my business that are fully vegan and they're amazing non-judgmental people. But unfortunately, I feel like so much of it online is so judgmental in the social media space, especially, and whether it means to or not, you know, it, it does turn so many people away. And I've had so many people come to me and say, you know, um, wow, you know, you, you just make it so approachable and this is why I'm here. And, you know, I've also had people, you know, you know, judge me as well, but I've learned to kind of just brush that off because I feel like if you know in your own heart why you're doing things and if it's what, if it aligns with your own virtues and values, that's kind of really what matters, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so as far as, so did you, what about your, so were you, I, I can't remember, were you vegetarian before you went, you know, plant-based or did you, were you a meat eater and then just went plant-based kind of like overnight or how, how did your journey start? Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I heard what a vegan or vegetarian was back in high school. And I pretty sure I said, wow, those people are crazy to my parents. I just never heard of that concept and was like, man, I would never become like vegan or vegetarian. So that was kind of my first introduction to a different diet. And then another funny story is on me and my husband's first date, we had gone surfing and he's like, what do you want to eat? And I was like, I just want meat. Like, I just want a burger. Um, so no, I have, I did not grow up vegetarian at all. It was more so, actually, it was about three months after I got married, I was realizing, man, dairy's not sitting well in my stomach. Like, I don't feel great after it. So I was doing some more research and watched some documentaries on a plant-based diet and just made so much sense to me just to, um, yeah, eat plants, eat whole foods as much as possible. And so at that time I was, and it's still a part of my personality, black or white. So I did transition cold turkey overnight. I don't recommend that, but, um, I did that and kind of never looked back. It was really stressful and I didn't do it perfectly, but I did see a lot of benefits and enjoyed it so much that I continue to eat plant-based diet, but I definitely don't recommend that cold turkey overnight transition, but that is kind of how it all started and just really love eating this way. And so I haven't looked back. Yeah, I think a lot of people, um, 
kind of start for the health aspects and how they feel, you know, mm-hmm. dairy seems to be a big one, you know, for me, I, um, I can't do gluten and that's more recent. Um, but dairy has always been an issue from when I was younger. And when I started, you know, cutting some of that out, that definitely helped me as well. And as I've, the last couple of years of, as I've kind of learned more about my body and how I cannot process gluten, I've also learned cow's milk is the one, the dairy that actually, you know, really affects me. Um, but that's where I think with plant-based, like you said, it's a little more flexible in the sense that some people that are plant-based, like eat honey, or, you know, they might eat fish sometimes, or, you know, sometimes they do eat dairy. And so it is a little bit more of a, um, for those people that don't want that, you know, overnight black or white, that it is more of a continuum, I guess you can say, Mm -hmm. um, versus a a black or white thing. I feel like plant-based is kind of a continuum that you kind of go back and forth on, um, wherever you are in life and at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I was very black and white when I first went vegan at the time. Um, and just was really strict as much as possible despite traveling. And there just came a point we, I remember we were in Thailand at like this little hotel. And I just realized like the only options for me are white bread and watermelon. And it was honestly just like a hard season of life. And I was like, I really just need some protein. And I, couldn't get access to any plant-based protein. So I remember having some eggs and realizing, wow, I didn't die. I can still eat a mostly plant-based diet, but in certain situations, sometimes it wasn't the healthiest option for me mentally and physically. So that really kind of changed my perspective to be more just plant-based and to start practicing what I preach. (laughs) Like you don't have to be completely vegan. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that was a nice shifting point to not be so hard on myself and to make it more sustainable with my lifestyle. Well, I was going to say, so you mentioned the traveling. I mean, your lifestyle is that of constantly traveling. And it's, I find it even when you're in one place and you go out, if you definitely like for me, especially now with like the gluten thing, when I go out, it's just, it's one more thing I have to worry about. It's challenging because I just, I cannot eat gluten. It, It wreaks havoc in my body. So you know, if I were to eat, you know, meat or fish or eggs or dairy, I mean, I, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Cat dairy doesn't agree with me a ton, but gluten is the one that really gets me. So tell us a little bit about like, what are your, some of your things that you think about or tips and whatever, when you're traveling to try and stay mostly on your plant-based diet? Yeah, I would say planning is really important. Thankfully it's, I feel like plant-based restaurants and options are available in most cultures and cuisines, which is so fun, especially if you like foods from different countries. Um, So usually in general, you can find a plant-based option, um, sometimes easier than American restaurants where it's barbecue-based or meat-based. But some tips, I usually travel with food. I'm just a foodie, so I always take snacks and kind of look up if the place I'm going has a grocery store where I can maybe grab some canned beans or something, that's kind of more extreme cases. But in general, just I found most restaurants have a plant-based option. It might not be your favorite option, but just being flexible and willing to maybe not have the most exciting meal at every restaurant is a way to maintain a plant-based diet. Um, But yeah, like Thai food, Vietnamese food, um, Mexican food, all these cuisines kind of are based around rice noodles and rice and beans. 
So you just gotta get creative, ask the, ask the waiter, waitresses, if they can make a plant-based option. And then, yeah, just kind of supplement with maybe food you might take or grocery stores. We love to stay at places where they have a fridge so I can maybe buy some non-dairy milk or just have some snacks on hand. Um, but yeah, it kind of depends on where you're traveling, how remote it is. Most cities are really plant-based and super vegan friendly these days, I'd say. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you guys, especially being in the Asian countries, I'm sure it's, you know, I feel like that is when we talk about plant-based eating and all the research and stuff out there, it's really based in the Asian countries and how Mm -hmm. um, plant heavy they really are. And, you know, back in time, meat was like a treat. It wasn't something that was eaten all the time like it is here. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really interesting when we lived in China, it was because they've come so far and now eat meat more often it was so bizarre to them that I chose not to eat meat they're like that doesn't make sense yeah Um, but yeah you can find tofu all over Asia um yeah you just kind of have to be flexible because there's probably oyster sauce or fish sauce in some things and you can ask them to not include that if you want to be really strict or completely plant-based but in general most restaurants have awesome options and so those are the never keep you from traveling enjoy yeah. travel and um you'll have plenty to eat definitely and those like what you just said the fish sauce the orange sauce those are the things that i think with like plant-based eating that you know some people are like yeah you know it's it's not the end of the world if there's fish sauce or oyster sauce whereas in you know a vegan diet um it's you know it's you know none of that stuff you know is is part of an option, you know, for the people that, you know, are really wanting to follow a vegan diet. And like we said, I think it just depends on your why and your, and your Mm -hmm. reasoning behind the way you eat. And, you know, I know people that do it a hundred percent for the animals, you know, they don't even really eat very healthily, you know, because a lot of the stuff they do is like process, you know, dairy-free cheeses and and meats and stuff like that. Um, And that's not like whole food plant-based. That's definitely just straight vegan. But their why is for the animals. And if they're, if you're wise for the animals and, you know, for that ethical perspective, it's probably going to stress you out if you do eat something with fish sauce or oyster sauce. Whereas those of us that are, you know, choose it for health reasons and especially like keep our mental health in mind, it's best to not worry about those things. So it's such a varied continuum of um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good distinction. I do wish that people that are vegan for ethical reasons would also just be gracious to themselves and just know being stressed or beating yourself up about accidentally consuming an animal product isn't going to help anything. Um, Just kind of say what happened happened and move on, I think is really important. Just to sustaining, yeah, your values and your diet. Well, and... um... I totally agree with that, especially in the sense, like if you're, if you're saying like for the animals, you know, if we don't take care of ourselves and our own mental health, we will not have the capacity to make the change in this world that we want to make. So sometimes you have to look at the, the long-term change versus the immediate change. And I feel like anybody that consumes some plant-based meals, anybody that adds more plants into their diet is already making a change as you know, as a whole with every other person who is doing the same. 
And yeah. if you're there for the animals, then I totally get it. If you run yourself into the ground, and we're all so different when it comes to stress level that we can tolerate and anxiety we can tolerate. But if you run yourself into the ground doing something that is so hard for you, you aren't going to have the energy to make those impacts in the world that you want. And sometimes taking, you know, a, a little tiny step back in order to move three steps forward is really an important aspect to think about as you, um, as you, you know, move forward. I totally agree with that. Yeah, that was definitely the mindset I had that, that time. I remember the first time I had eggs after years, just being like, I actually need this for my physical and mental health right now. Um, so that I can sustain this diet for the long term. Like, yeah, this won't ruin my values and my morals. Um, it's just kind of what has to be done right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, a big thing for me that kind of has changed a lot was when I, I learned I had to give up gluten, you know, being that person who has the anxiety and that constant, like, I can't, I can't go into anything a hundred percent, like the whole black and white, I need some movement. I need some gray just for my own mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I learned that I had to cut out gluten, it actually, I mean, I do consume more animal products now than I did before, because when I go out, I mean, I love to go out and I love to go out to eat. And part of the reason I love it is for the mental, you know, health benefits of it, of enjoying, you know, a nice meal with friends or my husband or my family. And if I know, like, if I have this thing in the back of my head, like, oh my God, okay, I have to ask about the gluten. I have to, have, and then on top of it, I'm saying, okay, well, I have to eat, you know, a plant-based meal too. And mm -hmm. I can't have this. I just, it ruins the experience and it takes away that mental health positive that I'm getting from it. And we don't go out to eat. I mean, I, we might go out like once a week, twice a week, max when, you know, there's weeks that we'll do, you know, at home, just depending on in our stage in life. But when I go out to eat, I, now that I have to worry about the gluten, like I have to let go of some of the other stuff because yeah. it's just for me personally, it's an experience that it doesn't work. And I think that's okay. It took me a long time to get there. And it's interesting once I kind of accepted that and I uh, opened up about that, I had so many people come to me and talk about that and how, you know, wow, you know, I gave them the permission to allow themselves to do the same. And it just was mind boggling. Yeah. How many people use social media, the online world to make these expectations of themselves and to place this pressure that isn't even there in, in their own life, you know? Yes, it's so true. Social media has definitely done that. And I don't know why it's so I feel like it is really different with our food labels, because you think of maybe people that are trying to compete for fitness competitions, they love fitness, they love kind of transforming their body for a short period of time. And they're able to have cheat meals, or kind of go off their regimen for a day, we don't think twice about that or judge that I would say. And it doesn't mean they don't love fitness. It's just a way to maintain this long term goal or make it possible. Um, so yeah, just like you saying, okay, I'm not going to worry about being gluten-free and plant-based when I go out to eat, because that would be way too stressful and I won't be able to sustain that long-term. So just giving yourself some room to flex and, um, yeah, enjoy 
enjoy life a little more when needed. I feel like that makes our goals a lot more sustainable. Well, and the other thing, like what you just said, a cheat meal, like I have to tell you, like, I can't stand that term when people Me say neither. it. I hate that I, I have use the, it, but I, yeah, but I have this issue because it's like, who, it has such a negative con- connotation when you say a cheat meal. It's like, who are you cheating yourself? Like, what are you cheating yourself out of? Yes. And it's just, it's frustrating because for me, like I'm really big on the mental health component of wellness along with the, the food component and that relationship with food that you're, um, you know, you have, and to call it a cheat is like, you're kind of degrading yourself. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, you enjoy that. I always say it's like choices, not cheats. Like you enjoy that. You eat what you you know, if you're craving something, eat it, give a little bit in and allow yourself to enjoy it. Your body is really, really, really smart. And sometimes I know, I know people that were strict vegan and they started to crave meat and they were craving it to the point where eventually they just did it. And they got, they drove themselves sick, Mm -hmm. not, you know, listening to their body and what they need. And that's not to say that if you're craving meat, you know, it's really, you know, maybe the iron deficiency and there's all this studying behind that. And it's totally fine to look into it and and eat the plant-based version or whatever. But for those people that think that they have to do something, yeah, no cheating. There's no cheating in it. I know. I hate that term as well. It's just trying to give an example of how other people uh, give themselves some freedom, but yes, it is interesting how we've we've kind of formed these police in our minds from social yeah. media or I don't know. Well, and it's also like, what's funny to me is that, you know, people say, oh, this is just a cheat meal. And all of a sudden it's okay. And it's like, why does it have to be okay when you're quote unquote cheating? Like, why can't it be okay if you're choosing to do it because you want to? Yes. Yes, food so, is such a joy. And I feel like we turn it into, yeah, I just don't like words like good or bad, clean eating, oh, enjoy yes. food. It's such clean, a gift. Clean eating is my other, um, my other buzzword that drives me nuts because yeah. it's, again, a negative connotation because that means the other side of it is dirty. And yep. um, especially like, you know, around kids, it frustrates me because it's like if someone's like, oh, well, we don't eat those, we're clean eaters. And then, you know, the kid's like, well, am I just a dirty eater? That makes no sense to me. Yes, I have a really hard time. I feel like I definitely have some friends and family members that kind of still have that mindset. And I just want to like plug my daughter's ears. Like, don't yes, listen. And, Enjoy and that cookie. You're fine. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And that's the, um, with kids, you know, if you're going to bring kids into the mix, that's a whole nother level of, you know, food labels and you know, we like to tell our kids, we eat mostly, you know, plants and we eat mostly, you know, vegetables and fruit and, and, and we eat this way because of dad's health. And we always connect it back to your dad before when he ate meat was unhealthy because his body is formed in a certain way that he cannot have it. You know, it's like, just like if you're allergic to something like his body cannot have it, he was very sick. And now that he doesn't have it, he's been healthy off medication you know, in such a great place for a very long time, which shows us that this is the best way for him to eat. But not everyone is the same. And that's okay. And I even at this point, my kids are older now, um, they make their own decisions. I, 
we talk to them about how we eat at home. We talk to them about mostly eating, you know, wholesome meals is what's best for our body because our body needs nutrients just like cars need gas. But it's okay to eat other things. We just have to monitor ourselves. Like, are you feeling crabby? Does your stomach hurt? Well, let's think about what we've been eating and how that possibly affected us. Oh, you had three cookies for snack instead of maybe having one cookie and some carrots and hummus. Hmm. Maybe that's why you, you feel really yucky inside and you don't have the energy to go play. Yes. So yeah. that is a whole another topic kids. Cause my daughter, um, she is three now and she is not fully vegan or anything. Actually, no one in my family is, um, I'm, as much plant-based as I can be, but my husband, well, he can't cook. So he eats whatever I cook, but he'll still eat eat meat out. And I'm just kind of waiting to educate my daughter on why I eat the way I eat. I've explained Mm -hmm. to her a little bit, but, and she eats mostly plant-based in our home because that's what I cook. But when we're out or when we're at her Oma and Opa's house who love meat and eggs, they're still very much um, traditional American diet. Then I let her enjoy those foods and just try not to make mealtime confusing or make certain foods good or bad and just trust that as she gets older, I can explain more about why I choose a plant-based diet and she can make those decisions for herself. Totally. And, you know, I have my kids, you know, there's, um, they have eaten meat and they have tried meat um, because I want them to, I want them to make their own decisions. Um, But it's interesting because, you know, I have two of my kids definitely, well, all my kids gravitate more towards plant-based eating. Uh, Maybe that's because of the flavors that they've been used to, Um, or maybe it's the texture, but you know, they'll like, they'll eat fish for sure. Um, But my oldest one, like he doesn't even want to try anything else anymore. He just has no desire. Like he, I mean, that could change, but um, as of right now, you know, when he's offered something, he'll say, does that have, you know, chicken in it? He's like, no, thanks. I don't really like chicken. And, you know, he's really just making his own decisions, which is great. You know, he loves to play sports, you know, they're all, you know, pretty active in sports. And I think that part of us educating them about how eating plants, you know, your body needs the nutrients. And, you know, also, the reality of in America, we're the American people are obsessed with protein, but it's mm-hmm. actually 96% of the people in our country have no protein problem. However, 96% of the people have a huge fiber issue. Oh yeah. And that I learned that fact from a, a, a um, pediatrician, a plant-based pediatrician who I had um, on another, in another group, we did a talk and it's mind boggling how and it's the truth. And it reminds me of this when my first son was in preschool and I got the call from his preschool that he had um, diarrhea and they're like, yeah, he has really loose stools. I think he's sick. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's, he didn't have a problem at home. And I realized that because he ate so many plants, they thought his normal poop was like sick because so many kids that they see are constipated. Yes. And constipation is so normal for America, I would say. Yeah. And it was insane. I was like, no, it's only because he eats a lot of fruits and vegetables. And yes. it, like they had a, the hardest time understanding that. And I'm like, nope, every other kid you see lives on carbs, essentially. And 
they're constipated. So yes. Yeah. And animal <laughs> products don't have much, they don't have any fiber. So yeah. So it such yeah, an exactly. interesting, but so are you're here now and do you have a, um, plan of action? Are you going back traveling anywhere anytime? I mean, I know things are opening up in some places. Um, do you have an end date or? We are basically just waiting for the Malaysian borders to open. We still have our apartment there. Our friends are using it occasionally. Um, so we didn't expect it to be this long, but I don't think anybody did <laughs> going back whenever possible and hoping our house is still okay. <laughs> Well, it's been so nice to chat with you. I um, love that you are an expat all around the world. And I love hearing how you have taken your diet to other areas and seeing, you know, telling everybody that it is possible um, to be flexible and travel and really just enjoy life. Um, And I, everyone that's listening, make sure that you take a look at the um, uh, blog post that goes with this episode because Faith is offering anybody 15% off um, her book, Plant Biased. It looks amazing. Um, Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. It's exciting. And yeah, I just really appreciate you being on and sharing your story with people. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a fun chatting. Absolutely. And um, everyone else, I appreciate all of you listening and being part of this podcast. Please make sure to rate and review. It helps me so much. Um, If you're if you're listening to this on the Apple podcast um, app, unfortunately, so many other ones do not allow the rate and view, but I would so appreciate that. And make sure you tune in next time because we're going to be continuing this talk with another guest all about um, being plant-based vegan and diet culture and the pressures um, behind it. Thanks for joining me.